Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Exploring Middle Earth podcast. Yes, welcome. I'm your host, Grant, and then other host, Jay. Hello, everyone. Yes. So this is episode 54. We are going to be talking about Mirkwood, the uh, big old old forest, Mm -hmm. Uh, dark forest, I guess, kind of the archaic... Archaic? Archaic? I think it's archaic. Archaic, yeah. Uh, dark forest or black forest of... That's not archaic. That's or that's not your kayak. That's archaic. Nice. <laughs> that was a bad joke. No, that was good. Oh, I thanks. liked it. Yeah, I was just trying to make a joke based off the... Wow, dude. Um, the pronunciation. It was good. But yeah, it's kind of your typical dark forest in what you would see like in fantasy and actually mythology. That's where it stems from. But oh yeah, so we're talking all about Mirkwood and its history and its inhabitants. Um, so, you know, just, that's just another little topic yeah, off of our big old one. checklist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to be starting off with kind of the geography and we'll talk a little bit about history and then we'll get, uh, into, um, more of the people that live there and what's happening and what's there. happening mm-hmm. um how you doing jay i'm doing good how doing are you good doing? yeah we're doing good yeah, um how are you doing audience i'll leave <laughs> a uh poll or not a poll just a question how are you doing yeah that's a good question to mm-hmm. ask sometimes uh so i'll start off with a few passages just to kind of okay just to kind of get us in yeah. uh these of course come from the hobbit where they go to mirkwood so obviously there's going to be writing about mirkwood obviously so, this is when, yeah, obviously, <laughs> this is when the dwarves and Gandalf and Bilbo are making their way from Bjorn's Lodge to the edge of Mirkwood and then about to enter in. Okay. Next day, they started before dawn, though their night had been short. As soon as it was light, they could see the forest coming as it were to meet them or waiting for them like a black and frowning wall before them. The land began to slope up and up, and it seemed to the hobbit that a silence began to draw in upon them. Birds began to sing less. There were no more deer, not even rabbits were to be seen. By the afternoon they had reached the eaves of Mirkwood and were resting almost beneath the great overhanging boughs of its outer trees. Their trunks were huge and gnarled, their branches twisted, their leaves were dark and long. Ivy grew on them and trailed along the ground. "'Well, here is Mirkwood,' said Gandalf, "'the greatest of the forest of the northern world. I hope you like the look of it. Now you must send back these excellent ponies you have borrowed.' That last part probably wasn't super. It's okay. It's, uh, it <laughs> is more immersive. Yeah, yeah. You got to hear Gandalf talk. So and who doesn't want to yeah. hear Gandalf talk? So that's good. And then now, yeah, let's get into the geography. So I skip a few pages. One, two, skip a few. Mm-hmm. And then I go, uh, Bilbo asks, um, he was asking Gandalf if there's any other way um, besides going through it like he suggested. And Gandalf says, There is, if you care to go 200 miles or so out of your way north, and twice that south. But you wouldn't get a safe path even then. There are no safe paths in this part of the world. Remember, you are over the edge of the wild now, and in for all sorts of fun wherever you go. I'm sure he didn't really mean fun. I think he meant, like, danger. I guess, like, adventure in general. Oh, yeah, yeah. Could be fun. Could be fun, I guess. Even if it's not, like, exciting. Well... Adventure is exciting. I mean, if it's not, like, safe, it can yeah. still be fun. It's uh, thrilling. Yeah. Yeah. Before you could get round Mirkwood in the north, you would be right among the slopes of the Grey Mountains, and they are simply stiff with goblins, hobgoblins, and orcs of the worst description. Before <laughs> you... <laughs> stiff. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to make a joke about that, too. But you know what? You got it. You yeah. did it. Uh, before you could get around it to the south, you would get into the land of the necromancer, and even you, Bilbo, won't need me to tell you tales of that black sorcerer. I don't advise you to go anywhere near the places overlooked by his dark tower. Stick to the forest track, keep your spirits up, hope for the best, and with a tremendous slice of luck, you may come out one day and see the long marshes lying below you, and beyond them, high in the east, the lonely mountain where dear old Smaug lives, though I hope he is not expecting you. Mm. classic Gandalf what a guy yeah so I guess if you go north goblins orcs if you go south necromancer guess you gotta go through it yeah so yeah so Mirkwood big old forest giant forest located west of the Sea of Rune and the land of Rovanion I mean I guess technically it was part of Rovanion Mm -hmm. um, part of Wilderland if you will Uh, and east of the Misty Mountains and the Anduin 
and south of the Grey Mountains and north of the Brownlands and Mordor. So that's where it is. That's how you can pinpoint it. Yeah. Or you can just look at a map of The Hobbit or a map of Lord of the Rings, and it's very easy to see because it's the biggest forest. So Um, it was a very large, dense forest, several hundred miles wide in some parts and three times that amount in length. It is remnant of the elder days of Amon, much like the old forest or Fangorn, though these are much older forests. Mirkwood is a little bit younger, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is crossed by the old forest road around its center, used by the elves and the woodmen and dwarves in the earlier ages, though in later years when it became unusable, a new road was made further in the north, closer to the mountains of Mirkwood and the Forest River. And I'll get to, in the history, I'll get to why it was unusable as well. Mm-hmm. But this is just geography. Yeah. I don't need to talk about history. Yeah. Ah, the mountains of Mirkwood. That's what I wrote down. <laughs> Look at <laughs> how'd you spell uh, A-H, uh exclamation. Ah. 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 <laughs> Located in the north of the forest, they were low mountains that created a very hilly landscape. The enchanted river that Bomber falls into in the Hobbit is sourced from these mountains, and the halls of the Elden King are made on the banks of the Forest River in the foothills of these mountains. The Forest River is sourced from the Grey Mountains in the north and cuts through the north of Mirkwood and flows into the long lake outside of the Great Forest. Where it leaves Mirkwood are Great Marshes, and then eventually it goes into the Long Lake, where Lake Town is. Uh, in the south, after many years of logging and farming, the woodmen of Rovan- uh, Rovanian, not Romanian, um, a Romanian, uh, they created the East Bite uh, from logging. It used to be thick forest land, but now it was used by the woodmen as the location of villages and farms. And also in the south are more highlands where the old fortress of Amon Lank was, where the uh, necromancer first made his fortress. Mm, necromancer. Yeah. Okay, guys, so now we're going to get into the history. Uh, we're starting with the first stage, of course. Well, I guess a little before that as well. So, yeah, before the first stage began, uh, the elves went on a great journey west to see the two trees of Valinor. Um, you know the deal. If you've read the Silmarillion, you know the deal. Along the way, they came across this great forested land, and some elves became lost in the woods, or some decided to stay in the forest uh, because they loved it, and they loved the, the yeah. wilderness. Um, and at this point, too, also in Middle-earth, most of like where Rovanion is, like Mirkwood and Eriador um, at that time, was like pretty much all forest. Um, so it was kind of basically... It was more or less like hard to actually define where Mirkwood was. And it wasn't even called Mirkwood at the time. And I'll tell you what it was called. Okay, give it to us. <laughs> this great forest came to be known as Greenwood the Great. And the elves that lived there were called the Nandor. And they were later joined by some of the curious Avari of the East. The Avari were the kind of um, elves of darkness, basically. Like they were unwilling to go west to mm. see the two trees. And so they were more. Um, closely, more closely related to the Sylvan Elves or the Wood Elves that we see later, um, but not quite, not 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 as fair or noble, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, these Elves were the foundations of the Sylvan Elves, found both in Lothlorien and in Mirkwood later on. And the Dwarves made the old forest road through Greenwood that I talked about earlier, mm-hmm. um, so that they could walk swiftly between their homes in the east and their homes in the misty mountains and in the great mountains as well. Um, and so, yeah, there's not a whole lot that goes on in the first age slash before the first age. Um, most of the history comes in either the second or the third age, mostly the third age, actually. So Yeah, the trees just had to have time to grow. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. yeah, it's most, mostly just kind of a waiting game, yeah. growing game, mm-hmm. you know. So, they had yeah. to grow. They were... On that grind, yeah. <laughs> so now I'll 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 uh I'll boot it off to you so you okay. can hit the first stage, second age I or circuit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Grant just went over the first stage, and now I'm going to yeah. go into the second age. Which, like Grant said, most of the um, history happens closer to the third age. So there is some some stuff in the second age, but not a crazy ton. So in the second age, in the year uh, 750 of the second age, uh, the Sindarn Prince Oofer. Orfer, yeah, uh, removed from Linden to Greenwood, where he was taken by Sylvan Elves as their lord. Grant mentioned the Sylvan Elves, um, and uh, Mirkwood, this region in Mirkwood or Mirkwood, uh, t- 
to the east of the Anduin is where the Sylvan Elves of Nandor descended from, like Grant said, and the Avari lived. Orifer, Orifer built his halls at Amon Lank and was accepted as the leader of the Wood Elves and later the Elves of Mirkwood. And this is when the Woodland Realm was formed. Yes. That's all I got for the Second Age. Nice. Quick and yeah. easy. Yeah, like we said, yeah. pretty simple. Just like a bandage, um, rip it off. Quick. But yeah, now we've got the introduction of the Sindar, uh, which yes. is Orifer. That's who. Mm-hmm. That's one of the. Yeah, he's a Sindar. That's what I was trying <laughs> to say. He's the king. He's the king. He becomes a or king. Or prince, sorry. At the time, he was a prince. Right, yeah. Um, but yeah, he does become the king. Yeah. Um, Yes, now we'll start off with the Third Age. Now things start to happen. Getting to the good stuff. So at the end of the Second Age, this isn't really part of the history of Mirkwood, but it does happen and it does somewhat affect uh, Mirkwood. But at the end, like the very end of the Second Age, there's the War of the Last Alliance. We've talked about it plenty of times in Mm -hmm. our other episodes. So if you don't know what it is, I'm sure you could probably click one of our episodes and you'll hear about it yeah if, um, the, if the episode has anything to do with elves we probably talk about it yeah pretty much or sauron actually yeah you probably get some of that from him yeah um yeah he'll tell you yeah <laughs> ask go ask sauron <laughs> so, ask sauron he'll let you know uh yeah so after the war of the last alliance um king orifer dies in battle and so that kind of no! <laughs> that kind of has some sort of effect on the succession and the kingdom of the woodland realm, yeah. the woodland elves. Um, but yeah, so during the early third age, the east bite was made through the efforts. That was a bite. Is that a new sound bite? No, that was, my, sound? that was my mouth. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be crazy if I had a biting sound. That sounded like a recording. I mean, <laughs> oh, the east bite. East bite. Uh, oh, I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> Yeah. You did really good with that, man. Thanks. Um, <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, the, yeah, so the East Bite was made through the efforts of the woodmen who cleared mass amounts of trees to make room for villages and farmsteads as their population was growing. And they were likely a part of the kingdom of Rovanion, which was led by the prince Vidugavia. Vidugavia. Yeah. That's another, that's three episodes in a row where we have words that don't sound Tolkien-ish. Yeah, but that is also like a like a gothic, like old yeah. Saxon name so it's goth it's very emo so yeah he didn't make it up it's an actual yeah. old word um yeah. there were other woodmen the ancestors of the bjornings probably um as well as the answers to ancestors <laughs> as well as the ancestors of the rohirrim and some of the hobbits mm. uh they lived on the western edge of the woods in the valley of the anduin and most likely contributed to its eastward retreat um chopping down trees what i mean um yeah so after the death of king orifer uh, in the War of the Last Alliance, uh, his son Thranduil becomes the next king of the yes. Sylvan Elves and the Sindar in the Woodland Realm, uh, who all lived in Mirkwood. And because of the damaging losses of the Elves of Greenwood during the war, most of the Elves formerly living in the south upon Amon Lank, which I think it means the Bald Hill. Don't yeah. call me on that, but I think that's what You it know means. what? I'll do some research to look do it up. Do some research. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they moved north with their king Thranduil to the mountains of Mirkwood, and they made a new hall in the likeness of Menegroth of Doriath in the First Age. Meanwhile, a mysterious being... Yes? Uh, you were you were technically right. Amon means hill, and Lank means naked. So it means naked, naked hill, bald hill. hill. Same gotcha. thing. Yeah. Smart guy. Bald people are naked. <laughs> naked head. Yeah, <laughs> naked head. <laughs> naked heads. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, anyway, so they elves move north with uh, their new king, Thranduil. Uh, meanwhile, a mysterious being called the Necromancer moves into the old fortress of Amon Lank. Wow, dude. Yeah. <laughs> which was thereafter known as Dol Guldur, which Dol means Guldur. the Hill of Sorcery. Dun, dun, dun. Um, you can also get uh, the sorcerer part is uh, minus Morgul, which means um, Tower of Black Sorcery. Yeah, so that's emo. Yeah. Um, so from this point, a shadow began to spread across Greenwood, and it became known for the first time as Mirkwood in the mm. tongues of the Northmen. Uh, because of the shadow of the necromancer, many evil things such as orcs and goblins and great spiders began to live at first in the southern reaches of the forest, where the necromancer was, and then they made their way north. Um, the old forest road was then abandoned where, when Gundabad, which is a mountain where the dwarves used to be um, in the Misty Mountains and Grey Mountains. It's kind of like at the crossroads, like where the mountains meet. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, so when Gundabad was overrun uh, with orcs, uh, 
and evil creatures, and then all of the orcs and evil creatures from the southern Mirkwood started coming north. That's when the old forest road was abandoned, and the dwarves kind of left that area. And then a new road was made north of the old one, and it led um, all the way to the ends of the forest and passed close by the Elven King's new halls. Um, so Mirkwood then became a name synonymous with fear and evil, and many people avoided it altogether. Gandalf had his doubts about the necromancer and at one point crept into Dol Guldur and discovered that he was actually Sauron returning to Middle-earth once more. Oh, no. <sighs> wow, dude. Yeah. That's what he that's what Gandalf said when he said, <laughs> Yeah, he's <it's laughs> wow, Sauron. Dude. Wow, dude. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Uh, on the quest of Erebor or in the quest during the quest of Erebor? Yeah. During. The dwarves and Bilbo all went into the forest of Mirkwood in order to reach a lonely mountain far away. According to Gandalf, this was the quickest way, uh, like I was reading earlier, mm-hmm. um, because the lands of the north were overrun with goblins from Gundabad, and the way south was very far, and they would not reach their destination until the next year, at which point many other things might happen to them. You never know. Yeah. A lot can happen in a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, as they made their way through Mirkwood, the dwarves were captured by the elves and held as prisoners in the dungeons of the Elven King's halls for trespassing and provoking, while Bilbo snuck away and used the One Ring to help the dwarves escape. During the same year that Smaug was killed, Gandalf persuaded the White Council to attack Dol Guldur, and they made Sauron slash the Necromancers flee to the south. Mirkwood became clean for a short time while the necromancer was gone. Oh, However, oh, no. ten years later, Sauron, now in Mordor, sent Kamul, the second in command of the Nazgul, along with two other ringwraiths to occupy Dol Guldur, and the shadow returned once more. And now, the War of the Ring The begins. War of the Ring. And that's where Jay takes over. Yes, Jay's taking over with the War of the Ring. Um, so... Uh, when the War of the Ring starts, um, a lot of stuff happens. This is um, what I'm going to start with War of the Ring is before the events of the book take place, but it's still technically the War of the Ring because Gandalf is um, facilitating this whole thing. So yeah, on Third Age 3018, uh, Aragorn, or Aragorn, there we go. Um, who er, captured Gollum um, in the Dead Marshes. Pretty cool place. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, That's where the War of the Last Alliance happened. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he takes Gollum into Mirkwood. And there Gandalf arrives later and they begin to interrogate Gollum, asking about the ring and where it is and all that stuff. But then some orcs come in and attack Gollum, or attack which allows Gollum to escape. Yeah. So now they're out of Mirkwood. But Mirkwood's still there. Don't worry. Uh. So a few days later, the forces from Dol Dol Guldur assaulted the realm of Lorien, but they were repulsed each time because of the valor of the elves of Lorien and by the power of Galadriel. Yes, Galadriel. Great woman. There we go. Yeah. Um, uh, (laughs) That applause is so (laughs) long. (laughs) But the uh, woods on the borders of Lorien uh, were seriously damaged. Dang. Really bad, dude. So then um, the very next year, um, the day on March 15th, which was the day of the Battle of the Pelennor Fields, in front of Minas Tirith, forces of, from Dol Guldur invaded the realm of the Thranduil in Mirkwood. Um, Thranduil defeated the forces of Dol Guldur in a long battle under the trees during which there was a great damage through fire. Dang. So, you know, when there's battles, there's usually fire. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Unless it's underwater. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, there could... I mean, if there's an explosion... Okay, if, if like, a submarine explodes underwater... This is... This is this is real earth current events with that Titan submarine that well, exploded. Well, didn't it implode, not explode? Yeah, but I feel, I guess it would implode. But when if it was like a fuel-based problem where like the fuel lit on fire, mm-hmm. I guess it would explode. But I feel like it would be exter- or exterminated. I feel like it would be, what is it, extinguished pretty yeah. quickly. I don't know. I guess there would be fire. For well, a I guess second. if it implodes, wouldn't the would there be anything from the friction of the pressure coming in the air coming in well i guess not air but like the friction of the air leaving the submarine in the water coming in i feel like that would well i don't um, know because you would need oxygen to have the fire going so i feel like if all the oxygen leaves super quickly i just don't think it like i think it's way too quick to i don't know i'm not a scientist yeah we're only talking about middle earth not physics yeah i'm a middle earth uh, physician (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so then 
back to Mirkwood. Sorry about the little tangent, guys. Sorry, guys. A few days later, the hosts of Elves and Lorien, led by Kelborn, crossed the Anduin in boats and conquered Dol Guldur. Um, Galadriel destro- destroyed the walls of Dol Guldur and uncovered its pits, and the forest was cleansed. Nice. Good job, Galadriel. Oh, nice. So then, um, in April of the same year, 3019... Uh, Celeborn and Thranduil met in the middle of Mirkwood and gave it a new name, Aaron Las Lasgalian. Lasgalian, right? Lasgalian. Lasgalian, yeah. Lasgalian. Aaron Lasgalian, the wood of the green leaves. Nice. Wo- the wood of green leaves, not oh, of yes, the yes, green yes. leaves. They def- divided the forest between them, so the realm of Thranduil encompassed the northern part of the wood, down to the mountains of Mirkwood. And the realm of Celeborn encompassed the southern part of the woods south of the narrows of the forest, uh, which was named East Lorien by Celeborn. Uh, Thranduil and Celeborn gave all the wide forest between the mountains of Mirkwood and the narrows of the forest to the Bjornings and to the woodmen. Woodmen. So that ends the third age, and then there's a little bit in the fourth age. Yep. Um, uh, so... And the end of the third age, it's cleansed. The darkness was lifted. Um, and though that came into the fourth age was that the elves of the wood green, the elves of the wood of green leaves were, uh, destined either to depart for Valinor or fade into the rustic forest spirits. Um, the forest probably ultimately, ultimately felt under the dominion of the men, the descendants of Bjornings and the men of Dale, because, um, like it states, the, um, the elves are, Elves are immortal, but they're mm-hmm. not just going to be around forever. So they're either going to go to Valinor or they fade. And then it's just going to be the force is going to be open. And then we can just assume that the men took over. Yeah, probably. Because that's what men do. That's <sighs> all men do is know, take man. over things. Yeah, but so we can move on to. Well, that's the end of the history of it. Yeah, that's that's the history. That's the history. That's the history. And of that's Brickwood. history. And that history is history, man. I'm telling you, that's the history of Mirkwood right there. Yeah. You don't have to at, tell us twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you can move on to, yeah, yeah, yeah. what do you got? Um, well what? now we're moving on to the inhabitants of Mirkwood, but I feel like we should probably, mm, Oh yeah, probably we could do, do an probably do a little, I mean, it's, it's going to be a shorter episode. Yeah. If you guys listened to our last episode, it was like almost two hours. Yeah. Um, uh, do we regret it? No, no, it was a great episode. At least I thought so. Yeah. And so I guess we're giving you a nice little break and we're giving you a shorter episode. So we're already, I mean, I don't know if we're halfway through not or not. I don't yet, know, though. We'll see. But that's like a good ad break yeah. point. So let's break some ads. So let's break some ads. Okay. So welcome back, everybody. Um, yeah. So hopefully that was a nice little break for you guys. Yeah, a little break. Um. Yeah, so now we're going to talk about the inhabitants inhabitants of Mirkwood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just a fun word to say after a inhabitants. while. Inhabitants. Inhabitants. In- inhabitants. Inhabitants. Just say it like really fast. Inhabitants. Inhabitants. Anyways, inhabitants, guys, man. stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, first, I'm going to talk about the Sylvan Elves Do and it, kind yeah. of what, what they are. So Sylvan, the word Sylvan means like having to do with forests or woods or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's not an invention of Tolkien's. It is found in mythologies and fairy tales and stuff like that and he just used it for these elves so the sylvan elves also known as the wood elves or the tawarwaith and sindarin were a group of elves that forsook the march west in the ages of the stars well before the first age they settled in the vast woodlands around the anduin valley and though some of them eventually came west to beleriand the majority remained in greenwood the great and became mingled with the avari of the east and i've got a little something um, page, well, I mean, I guess it's a little different for everybody's uh, version of The Hobbit. But this is from the chapter Flies and Spiders mm. in The Hobbit. Okay. Yeah. So, um, uh, the feasting people were wood elves, of course. These are not wicked folk. If they have a fault, it is distrust of tra- strangers. <laughs> of strangers. <laughs> Though their magic was strong, even in those days they were wary. They differed from the high elves of the West and were more dangerous and less wise. For most of them, together with their scattered relations in the hills and mountains, were descended from the ancient tribes that never went to fairy in the west. Fairy is like Tolkien's old version of what Valinor was, basically. Yeah. It's just the undying lands in the west. 
There the light elves and the deep elves and the sea elves went and lived for ages, and grew fairer and wiser and more learned, and invented their magic and their cunning craft in the making of beautiful and marvelous things, before some came back into the wide world. In the wide world, the wood elves lingered in the twilight of our sun and moon, but loved best the stars, and they wandered in the great forest that grew tall in lands that are now lost. They dwelt most often by the edges of the woods, from which they could escape at times to hunt, or to ride and to run over the open lands by moonlight or starlight, and after the coming of men they took ever more and more to the gloaming and the dusk. Still elves they were and remain, and that is good people. Mm -hmm. In a great cave some miles within the edge of the Mirkwood, on its eastern side there lived at this time their greatest king. Before his huge doors of stone a river ran out of the heights of the forest and flowed on and out into the marshes at the feet of the highland wooded or the high wooded lands this great cave from which countless smaller ones opened out on every side wound far underground and had many passages and wide halls but it was lighter and more wholesome than any goblin dwelling and neither so deep nor nor so dangerous in fact the subjects of the king mostly lived and hunted in the open woods and had houses or huts on the ground and in the branches the beaches were their favorite trees that's just like me for real. Yeah, for real. The king's cave was his palace and the strong place for his treasure and the fortress of his people against their enemies. So that's a little description of the elven king's halls uh, as well as the uh, wood elves themselves. So yeah. there you go. Um, yeah, so they were excellent in woodcraft and hunting and also stealth uh, because they tried to avoid men and dwarves. And most men or dwarves that pass through the forest would never know they were being watched by the tower wife. Aww. So, you know, just kind of one of those things. Like, I feel like we're being watched. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like somebody's looking at me. Yeah. Um, is he right behind me? <laughs> uh, guys, uh, throughout the early ages and in the first age, the Sylvan elves lived in scattered communities without a centralized form of government or leadership. And most were content that way. However, during the second age, after Beleriand was ruined, Many Sindar came east into Middle-earth, in Noldor too, but this is mostly about Sindar, mm -hmm. and lived among their long-lost cousins in Greenwood and in Lorien. At the time, especially because of the rise of Sauron in the east and Mordor during the Second Age, these Sylvan Elves were more willing to accept a primary leader to govern all of them. As the Sindar were considered mighty and noble and fair compared to the Sylvan Elves, they were accepted as leaders and princes and kings. In Lothlorien, Amdir, father of Amroth, who I think we've talked about him a little bit, mm -hmm. Amroth and Nimrodel, uh, he became king in that woodland long before Galadriel and Celeborn lived there. His son Amroth had also become a king of Lorien before leaving the land and giving the power to Galadriel and Celeborn, who became just a lord and lady of Lothlorien rather than a king and crook. King or king. King or king. Um, so Galadriel's actually a Noldor, but Celeborn, he is Sindarin in origin and actually pretty closely related to King Thingol in the first stage. So Thingol is kind of royalty a little bit, uh, in Greenwood, uh, Orifer, uh, who Jay talked about a little bit earlier. Um, he was also a possible relative of King Thingol of Doriath and he became the King of the Greenwood elves and established a fort and city upon Among Lonk. His son Thranduil would later become the next King of Greenwood. Also, the greatest king, apparently, according to the Hobbit. Um, and his halls in the north were built into the hills that bordered the forest river and were made into the image of Menegroth of Doriath, where his father lived in the first age and where Thranduil likely lived if he knew enough about it to model his, his halls after it. Like, he probably lived there for a little bit, you know, even if he was a kid. Mm -hmm. um, Legolas Greenleaf, the son of Thranduil, oh, yeah. was technically the prince... Legolas. Yeah, he was technically the prince of Mirkwood, or like the uh, Woodland Realm. So if Thranduil were to die during the War of the Ring, it would be King Legolas. Isn't that crazy? That's That'd be cool. Yeah, so... Um, well, about, not about the guy dying, but about yeah, King yeah. Legolas. Uh, but he never did become King of Mirkwood, uh, because Thranduil, oh. Thranduil didn't die, so that makes sense, you know. yeah. Uh, but he did end up just becoming a straight-up dude. Straight-up um, G. He was, the, he was actually a prince slash lord, whatever you want to call it, over the elvish colony in Athelion after the War of the Ring. So he brought some elves over there. That's what he does. So I guess he did rule a little land. Yeah. Um, 
Even after the War of the Ring, when many of the higher Noldor and Sindar sailed back west to Valinor, many of the Sylvan Elves remained in Middle-earth, for they never knew Valinor or the Lights of the Trees, and they had no desire to leave Middle-earth. There they remained, possibly still in Lothlorien and Mirkwood and Athelion, until they faded after many long years, and men would call them wood sprites or fairies. Hmm. That last part isn't necessarily um, like canon, but... I guess that's just my interpretation of like the re- like what Tolkien meant by them fading is that they're immortal and they're, they're fading, man. Yeah, elves elves are tied to like the life of Middle Earth. So as long as Middle Earth is still living or like still like Earth, basically, mm-hmm. that the elves are still alive. Yeah. And if they are kind of if they're faded, if they're straight up faded, <laughs> I would assume they would become like smaller in stature or like they would be like less seen stuff like that. Or like, you know, they would become less, um, noble, I guess. And so my interpretation of that is that they would become kind of like fairies uh, because also this is a basis for Tolkien's English mythology. So that's kind of my, do you mean like they, when you say like they're smaller and less noble, do you mean they're less physical and more spirit-like, or like they degrade as a race and they become? I'd say like both. Lower than men in like the. Yeah, I would. I would say both. Like they become, like I guess their physical nature becomes less and they become more spirit-like, which is basically fairy. So mm-hmm. that's that's my yeah. That's that's what I would think. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, yeah, you you kind of you kind of hit it right on the head. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, who else lives in the Mirkwood, Jay? Uh, there's a few more, um, but one of the spooky ones are spiders. Ooh. Yeah, I'm. Sc- are you scared of spiders? Like, okay, not well. Okay, that depends. What were you gonna say? I was gonna. Okay, so there's. You can be scared of. Sp- okay, so do you? If you see a spider in your house, do you kill it? Um, it, d- well, it depends on the spider. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's some spiders, if it's a small spider, like, I just don't care. Like, mm-hmm. well, whatever. He's living here. Who mm-hmm. cares? Um, if it's like a, like a big spider and it's like one of those spiders that's like hairless, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, actually I would kill a hairy spider too. Yeah. Like wolf spiders yeah. in Michigan are nasty. Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as states or really any country goes with spiders, Michigan probably doesn't have it that bad. But yeah, wolf spiders I would kill. Our Australian listeners, yeah, are laughing um, at us right now. Yeah, and then <laughs> there's like certain spiders that are like hairless, and they're just like the really like the shiny black ones. Mm-hmm. I would kill those as well because those just look straight up gross. But then there's some spiders that I'm like, eh, I don't really care enough. Yeah, like daddy long legs. Daddy long legs. I guess those aren't technically spiders. They're basically spiders, but basically, um, jumping spiders. Yeah, um, I'm a big fan of those. Mm-hmm. Jumping spiders are cool. Yeah, um, and they're also pretty friendly. It sounds gross, but you can let them crawl on you, and they won't do anything. And they're just mm. so fuzzy and cute. So I don't know if I'd let them crawl on me, but well, you know. Yeah, I might just be weird, but. That, I have done that, so. Yeah. Well, okay, so yeah, spiders. But these aren't your everyday spiders that you see. These are big old spiders. Really? Um, so the spiders of Mirkwood were descendants of Shelob, yes. the lady spider. Lady. Um, and Shelob was this big, bag, big bad spider. She's the, uh, in the Lord of the Rings, she's a spider that uh, Gollum brings uh, um, Frodo and Sam to, and then she stabs frodo and wraps them up and all that yeah that's shelob and so her little kids but they're big kids so after the shadow of sauron fell upon greenwood the great like grant said many of the spiders came and lived there and then that's the force became known as mirkwood after that so they were there before but um i think it was most likely they went to mirkwood because it became a very dark place where they can stay away from the lights because if you remember shelob um well, Angoliant, which she's not technically like a spider like these spiders are, but she, um, part of it was she hated light because she ate the Silmarils and she yeah. wanted to devour all light and live in darkness. And Shelob is kind of the same. And I guess spiders in general are kind of the same, but it's just, um, the Mirkwood became a dark place. And so spider, it seems like a natural place for spiders to go and vibe. But um, we there's spiders there. We meet them in The Hobbit when um, 
uh, the dwarves and uh, Bilbo go into Mirkwood, and all the hob or the hob and the dwarves get all wrapped up in it and hob or I don't Bilbo not Hobbit yeah he is a Hobbit but his name's not Hobbit gets uh, stabs him with sting and does all that and he's invisible and it's funny because you can hear the uh, um, the spiders uh, communicate with each other. Um, when when uh, Fro or Bilbo puts on the ring, he can understand what they're saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then there's just spiders there until um, Kelborn and uh, Thranduil uh, take the darkness out of Mirkwood. But yeah, there's not um, a ton on spiders, but we do have... We've talked about it... I think we talked about it in Tolkien's Inspiration, one of the Inspirations episodes, um, about why spiders are bad in Tolkien why why Tolkien has spiders as the bad guys because if you think about it if you think about fantasy nowadays if you think about spiders you think about bad evil yeah. things but Tolkien kind of set the I mean there was probably spiders that were bad but Tolkien kind of popularized that trope mm-hmm. and um, it was originally thought um, if you don't know Tolkien was born in South Africa and yeah. um, he grew up there for a little bit and, and uh, I don't know how to pronounce it but it's Bloom, Bloemfontein. I don't know. It, yeah, it's probably way easier to pronounce than I just said. But yeah, yeah. But he got bit by a spider while he was there, um, and people thought. And he wrote about it in his letters. One of his letters. I can't remember which one it was. We've talked about this before, though. So, um, uh, he it kind of like scared him, and some people theorize that it was because of that that he uh, made the spiders all bad. But it's most likely because his son was scared of spiders. Son Christopher was yeah. scared of spiders so he had his he just put him in for his son to make it more real for his son because the originally Tolkien would read these stories to his kids they're for his kids and I'm gonna pass it off to Grant yes that's sir it was spiders that's that's it with spiders I'm done with spiders yeah so we got some more inhabitants of Mirkwood although they don't necessarily live too deep within Mirkwood mm-hmm. like the spiders or the elves these were the woodmen and also the Bjornings. Mm. So the woodmen uh, were a group of Northmen who lived in Rovanion, about the eaves of Mirkwood and in the Anduin Valley. The Northmen in general were descended from the men of the First Age who were close to the Edine of Beleriand, but they didn't want to cross the Misty Mountains or the Blue Mountains. And they were called woodmen mostly because of where they lived, obviously, and not necessarily because they were skilled in the woods like these Sylvan Elves. Uh, but I, I bet a few of them were probably pretty good. Yeah. You know, walking through the woods. Mm-hmm. I'm walking. Yeah. <laughs> um, they mostly lived in small villages or on farms here and there. They didn't really have like a main like city or anything like until the later third age or whatever, you know, or whatever, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so though no villages were named, um, it is known from the Hobbit that there were a few villages in the valleys of the Misty Mountains. Uh, that were afraid of the great eagles and would often shoot at them with their bows of yew, as well as yew. there being old villages south of the Mirkwood Road and villages still in the east bite of southern Mirkwood, <laughs> where they <laughs> chopped down the trees for farmland. Uh, per- perhaps that is their most well-known deed. Uh, not a good one, though, I might add. You don't want to be known for that. Chopping down trees. Mm. Uh, the Bjornings were in origin uh, Northmen as well, and Woodmen, and were named after Bjorn, a great warrior who could shapeshift mm. into a hulking bear. Obviously, he's a part of the Hobbit. That's yeah. where we know him from. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's where we know him from. Yeah. Uh, he lived close to the western edge of Mirkwood in the north, and he kept great hives of bees for honey and big old fields of clover. So clo- clover honey is good. I've had clover honey. Uh, Bjorn never was clear on the origins of his people, even though he explained it just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and mostly he was talking about the skin changers too, not just the woodmen. But it seemed that they used to live in the valleys of the Misty Mountains before the goblins drove them out. Um, and after the Hobbit, many men who were descended from the old skin changers or who were woodmen in general came to Bjorn and thus was born the new skin changer people or the Bjornings. Mm-hmm. Bjorn was their chief and his son Grim Bjorn was the chief after his death during the War of the Ring. Was Grim Bjorn just like sad Bjorn? No, I, I think grim. it literally just means grim bear or like, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, sound. so he was the chief after his father's death. Um, they were known to celebrate Yule at the end of the year and mm. still remained on the western Christmas. borders of Markwood. Yeah, actually, uh, Bilbo and Gandalf uh, celebrate Yule with Bjorn. 
when they are on their way back home. I'd love to celebrate uh, Yule with Bjorn based off of the way his house or his hall is described in yeah. The Hobbit. Yeah, it'd be Imagine cool. that during Christmas. That'd big be cool. old roaring fire. Mm-hmm. And a big old roaring bear, but yeah, a nice yes, one. Yes, yes, yes. And lots of food and drink. Yeah, so uh, now we've got a few other people who are known to inhabit Mirkwood. And I yes. think Jay has the rest of it. Yeah, so uh, this one, Orcs, Nazgul, and the Necromancer are all just kind of clumped together because they're just all big bad guys. Yes. So Orcs, you know who the Orcs are. They're a race of um, fallen elves, I guess you could say. They are, because, uh, you know, uh, Sauron or Melkor couldn't create. They could only uh, destroy or distort yeah. Yeah. creation. So they, the orcs were just distorted elves. Um, and they lived in Mirkwood and they served, or they, obviously they lived in Mirkwood, they lived everywhere, but they served uh, the necromancer, Sauron, and he would send them into Mirkwood and they would uh, do their business in there. And fight people. They would poop and pee and fight people. It's their <laughs> business. Nice. Um, but yeah, so then the Nazgul, um, the Nazgul were, uh, uh, they were ring wraiths or uh, servants uh, of the Dark Lord Sauron. And what they were, they were, um, <coughs> sorry, they were <laughs> the fallen, sp- the spirits of the kings of men um, who had the um, nine rings for the men. Um, here, I'm going to quick read a quote from Gandalf explaining the Nazgul. Um, it says, Nine he gave to the mortal men, proud and great, and so ensnared them. Long ago they fell under the dominion of the one, and they became ring wraiths, shadows under, the great sh- under his great shadow, his most terrible servant. Long ago, uh, it is many a year since the nine walked abroad, yet who knows, as the shadow grows once more, they too may walk again. So these nine men got the rings, and they... Uh, had them on and it corrupted them and then when they died they became uh spirits or ring wraiths and nazgul is just means is black speech for ring wraiths yeah or the quenya word is ulari um they're called the black riders or simply just called the nine and they were servants of sauron who is the necromancer um and uh grant mentioned how uh um Sauron sent the Nazgul to reoccupy his fortress of Dolguldur, yeah. which is in Mirkwood, um, led by Camul, uh, who is the second most powerful of the Nazgul behind the Witch King. Mm-hmm. And um, we have full episodes on Sauron and the Nazgul. Episode six is Sauron. Episode eight is the Nazgul. So if you want to have or get more of a deeper dive on uh, who the Nazgul are or Sauron and his backstory, you can listen to those episodes. Yeah. But that's just the basics of who they are and what they did and where they're from and what they do. And lastly, the last um, inhabitant of Mirkwood we're going to talk about is Radagast. Uh, he's a great guy. He's um, he's one of the wizards, uh, the Astari, but he's more of like the nature-loving granola guy yeah. of the Astari. So he lived in uh, Rosgobel. Is it Rosgobel or Rosgobel? Gobel, Roscobel. Ross, Roscobel. Roscobel. Yeah, some, I don't know, something like that. Yeah, so that was situated on the western borders of Mirkwood. Um, and so it can be assumed that uh, Radagast held watch against the shadow of Dol Guldur that slowly engulfed the forest. Um, and uh, it is likely that he became acquainted with the inhabitants of that region. And he helped, he was able to help um, Saruman... Uh, he did it unknowingly. We talked about this last episode, I think. He did it unknowingly, or he didn't know Sauron's intentions with wanting the ring, but he was able to help him because... What, what are your intentions with my <laughs> ring? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was able to help Sauron, or, uh, well, I guess in turn he helped Sauron, but help uh, Saruman because he lived right outside of Mirkwood in the area. And it makes sense that he lived there because he loved animals and birds and Yeah, and that's like bugs the biggest forest, so, you know... Yeah. It makes sense that he was there, and he was also friends with the Great Eagle. Yeah, and uh, in, in the movies, he has those giant rabbits that yeah uh, pulls his sledge. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of I don't know. I it's kind of cool, but like it's I don't know, man. Yeah, you know, I guess th- honestly, that was one of the parts that I kind of liked about the Hobbit was more about Radagast mm-hmm. and like his like basically treehouse. 
in mm-hmm. uh, Mirkwood. And honestly, I thought the rabbits were kind of cool. It's a very, it feels along the lines of what the Hobbit was like, you know, reading the book. It's very fantastical and it was just kind of out of this world. So mm-hmm. it's like, no, nah, that's cool. Yeah. So although, um, just thought I'd bring it up. Hey, hey that's okay, Grant. And yeah. I was glad to hear your opinion. Thank you. <laughs> um, so Bjorn, uh, who was neighbors with Sauron, not like right next, or no, not Sauron, Radagast. Yeah. Neighbors with Radagast. They're not like right next to each other, but they're in the area. Yeah. And they're in the Mirkwood area. That could yeah. be, it could be far away. It could be close. You never know. <laughs> yeah. So although Bjorn was unsociable, uh, he used to see Radagast from time to time and considered him not bad for a wizard. Nice. And it makes sense that he would consider him not bad because Radagast is like closer to nature than what a regular wizard would be. Yeah. Especially um, Saruman. Yeah, but he did, I guess he did kind of like Gandalf too, but we all, Radagast and Gandalf are the good guys. Yeah. Out of the, I mean, we didn't really know the two blue wizards, but. They are probably good, but also probably bad. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, so that's what we have for the inhabitants of Mirkwood. Very nice. Is that all we have for Mirkwood? We're going to move on that, to trivia? That's all we have for Mirkwood. Okay. So now you know who lives in Mirkwood. Now you know the whole history of Mirkwood. And mm-hmm. we could probably, we probably could have gone more in detail. But you know what? That's all you get. Yeah, that's so, all you're getting. Yeah. Uh yeah, we we've got a few trivia questions here. Uh okay. mine are, mine are mine are pretty easy, I would okay, say. Okay, I think mine are pretty easy. <laughs> Do you want to go first or me to go first? Uh, yes. I'll go first. Okay. Uh what was Mirkwood known before it was called Mirkwood? Greenwood the Great? Yes. Yes. Good dude. job. Nice. Okay, I'll give you one that we just talked about. Where did Radagast live? Roscobel. Roscobel. Rosco. 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 Bosco sticks. Yes. What did Thranduil model his halls after? Or his palace? Whatever you want to call it. Um, oh, shoot. I have no idea. Let me guess. What do you model? I guess this one might be the hardest question. Did he model his halls after Mirkwood? Is that just a... No. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of an answer. Can you give me a hint? Yes. It's in the first stage in Doriath. It's the halls of King Fingal. Hmm, what would he... I don't know. I can't think of anything. Menegroth. Menegroth, dude. Yeah. Dang. I wouldn't have gotten there. Uh, that w- Yeah, so that was probably my hardest question. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. This one's probably... This is probably another easy one. Um, After... So, it's speculated in the fourth age. After... The elves were gone. Who took over Mirkwood? The men. Yes. The men. The men. Yeah. Um, uh, who are the Bjornings named after? Bjorn. JK, that's a trick question. Oh, I was like... Uh, <laughs> who was the last dwarf during The Hobbit to enter the house of Bjorn? Oh, the big guy. What's his name? Or was it the big guy? Uh... I can't think of... Is it the big guy? Or yeah. No? Okay, I can't think of his name, though. Um, Bomber. Yeah. Bomber. There you go. <laughs> yes, it's Bomber. Nice. I okay. thought that I thought that one would get you thinking just a little bit. Yeah. I remember that because bomb is like... Bombs are big. Yeah. Bomb. Bomber. Bomber. And Bomber's like more of a bomber. Bomber. So you can't really go feely or keely. Yeah. Bomber. What's your last one? Yeah. Uh, what did Celeborn and Thranduil change Mirkwood's name to? Uh, Aaron Lascalan. Yes. The Wood of yes. Green Leaves. Yes. yes. That's it. We got, or I didn't get the middle one. <laughs> the <same laughs> right. You got all three right. Yeah, I got two yeah. out of three right. There you go. Yes. All right. Now for Middle Earth Current Events. Oh, let me hit the button. Okay. Uh, nothing. Nothing. Uh, I did write down a little thing though, and it was like, uh, like I saw this like on an Instagram page that, or Facebook page that I follow. And it's like the Facebook page I think is called on like this day on Arda or in Arda or something like Mm -hmm. that. And basically it's like every day they just post something like about an event that happened that day in the history of Arda or if there's nothing that happened, then they just post about something that happened related to Tolkien's life on a certain day. Mm-hmm. So as of this recording, July 17th, um, 
In the Third Age, 3018, Gandalf is held captive on the pinnacle of Orthanc. Uh-oh. And then Boromir continues on his journey to Rivendell. So, so this is like current events on Middle-earth pertaining to Middle-earth. Yes. So yeah. basically, if we don't actually have current events on this earth pertaining to middle earth mm-hmm. then i'll just do like a on this day in arda we sort of we thing. could do we have time we could do a jane grant current events what are we reading if you want yeah to i was do gonna that suggest that time. as well okay jane grant what are we reading what are we reading yeah yeah welcome to what are jane grant reading the part of the show where jane grant talk about what they're reading no. You go first, or do you want to me to go first? You can go first. Okay. Well, how many books are you reading, and maybe we can stagger? Three. I'm doing three, so we'll do like oh, trivia. We'll go back nice. and forth. Um, first book I'm reading is Don Quixote. Nice. Yes. yes. It's a story about. It's going good. It's a story about a knight and a squire, and the knight is. This is. It's Spanish book. Yeah. I don't. To clarify, I'm reading a translation in English. I don't yeah. read Spanish. It takes place in Spain. Yes. Okay. And it's like com- it's a comedy about this guy. This is so. It is after the knights and um, all that, like the time period after that. Yeah. And this guy is still interested in it, and it's like uh, he's obsessed with this. So he goes out to be a knight errant, and uh, he's just a dumb guy. And it's just funny story. Funny nice. things happening to this dumb knight, Don Quixote. Don Quixote. Mm-hmm. When I, when do you want to know a fun fact? Huh? Do you want to know a fun fact? Yes. Um, so British people uh, pronounce Quixote. It's Q-U-I. It's, there's an X, right? Q-U- yeah. Let me make sure. It's Q-U-I-X-O-T-E. Yeah. Yeah. They pronounce it Quixit. Don, they say Don Quixit. Huh. But it's Quixote. Come on, guys. Respect the Spanish. <laughs> the Spanish. Okay. Respect, but also that's... I don't know. That might be the American pronunciation. There's, there's probably a more s- Spanish way to say Quixote. Yeah. The first time I've ever heard the title, though, I, I think you probably said it. But I think you said it a little fast or something like that, or I didn't mm-hmm. catch it. And I didn't know what the book was or what it was called or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you said Don Quixote, and I thought you meant like Don Quixote. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, Don I don't Quixote. know what that is. Don Quixote. Okay. Yeah. Um, I am reading... Um, and this is the third book in the series, but I'm reading Anne of the Island, which is from... Yeah. Yes, we love Anne of Green Gables. Yeah, it's from the Anne of Green Gables series. Uh, funny thing, man. Okay. That's... Uh, I think most people would consider that like either a children's book or just... like It's very easy to read. Young like, adult. It would be considered like a children's book for the most part, I would say. Yeah. But... Um, the only thing I knew about Anne of Green Gables was that my mom and my aunt and my grandma loved the movies. And I'm sure my grandma actually did read the books. I think my mom read the first book. But they loved watching like the old like move like the Canada movies basically because mm-hmm. it takes place in Canada. Yes, and Newfoundland. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the islands out there. I can't remember. I think it's Newfoundland. Yeah. King, Prince Edward Island. Ah, yeah. That's yeah. it. No, um, Newfoundland. Maybe. Is new? Okay, f- I'm gonna get in trouble <laughs> by my family for not knowing this Canadian yeah. uh, geography. Anyway, so um, that's all I knew about it, uh, the Anna Green Gables series. And then my wife, she mentioned it to me a few times. I'm like, oh yeah, my mom liked it, you know, growing up and stuff like that. And she's like, you sh- you should read it. You, I think you would really like it. And it was just kind of a a way for me to branch off of just reading Lord of the Rings. Um, <laughs> so that's pretty much all I was doing. Um, so I started reading Anne of Green Gables, and then I read Anne of Avonlea, and then I read Anne of the... Or I'm pretty much done with Anne of the Island. I've got, like, a chapter left. Um, yeah, and then there's, like, I don't know, like, eight or nine books in the series, and they're all fairly small and simple to read. But there's something about the way that the author writes her stories about Anne that makes you very, like, not just, like, enamored with Anne, but, like, enamored with, like... I guess the culture of like, uh, like, um, 19th century Canada and mm-hmm. 20th century Canada. Cause it moves on a little bit. Yes. But, uh, and it, then, it is Prince Edward islands. Yeah. Not Newfoundland is to the West. Gotcha. I'm sorry. But it's like the description of everything on the Island as well is very, like very descriptive. And it's got like a fairy tale esque 
quality mm-hmm. to it. And it Anne herself, the character, has a very great imagination. And I relate to that a lot. I have a very big imagination. I like to, um, she likes to write, I like to write, you know, we're basically just twins. You are bosom friends. Bosom friends, (laughs) yes. That is a, that's part of the book. (laughs) Anne's, Anne's bosom friend is Diana. I like the, I'm um, falling. There we go. I think it's the way, um, it reminds me of with like her imagination, not as much in this, but Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn. Yeah. They have their, I mean, it's also just young kids, but yeah. Um, it kind of reminds me of that style, and I like that style. Yeah, it's a good style. It's mm-hmm. it's fun to read. It, yeah. I find myself like very like easily sucked into it as soon as I start reading. <laughs> like it's kind of hard to put down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been enjoying that. Okay, what's your next book? Um, next book. Well, we can both talk about this one because yeah. we're reading it together. That's Walden right. by Henry David Thoreau. Yeah, Walden Pond and his yes. other writings. Yes, Henry we're David Thoreau. Foc- yeah. Or we're reading through Walden specifically right now. Yeah, yeah. It's going good. It's we're going halfway good. Through, we're yeah. over halfway through. Sometimes it's hard to read because it's just like a journal, mm-hmm. basically. But um, he's yeah, he's got some very interesting writings and interesting takes, like on society and stuff like that, and then where he's living on the pond, uh, which is in, um, it's like just south of Concord, Massachusetts. Yes. Um, it's a nice like 60 acre pond. So it's basically a lake actually, but they mm-hmm. call it pond. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of interesting the things he does. Very, very simple life living out there. I think he lived out there for like two, three years, two years, two months and two days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did he do that on purpose? I don't know. I don't think so. Don't and see. he moved out there on the 4th of July. I think it was the 4th of July crazy mm-hmm. but yeah it's it's uh it's been pretty good actually so far <laughs> mm-hmm. i don't know i think we're basically halfway through i think we're over halfway through yeah, over halfway yeah. i have some uh we just finished the pond chapter yeah um i have some i made some uh uh well here look i have this app where i write down notes of stuff one yeah. of them is from anna green gables i'm so glad i live in a world that where there are october's that's a quote. From that yeah, that's a good quote. I'm more. I like that because uh, I. Uh, I should write down quotes from books. Yeah, I have uh, Green Gables is chock full of them. They're I was born in October, so that's why I like that one. Oh, <laughs> but I got some. One of my, my the first one I wrote down, which was probably one of my favorites, is I think it's from the first chapter, Economy. Yeah, uh, he says, "As if you could kill time without injuring eternity," which I thought was. He's he's talking about oh. wa- wasting. Uh, how people waste time i forgot about yeah we talked about that quote i think yeah he just i just thought it was a i just like the way he worded it and how it's quick and simple to the point but it's talking about just like you people do things to kill time but you only have a certain amount of time and it's just as you could kill time without injuring eternity yeah um but yeah there's a bunch of good quotes another morning brings back the heroic ages i just like that because i'm a morning person yeah so i just like having like like him say mornings are good because they are good i know yeah yeah um okay so what's your what's your third book um my third one this one i'm listening on audio while i'm at work nice uh it's called the idiot by (laughs) fyodor dostoevsky nice um you might know he wrote crime and punishment you've probably heard of that book um this one is about this um guy he's a prince but like not like a prince like english prince he's it's russian and it was just a title he wasn't actually a prince like you would think a prince of a king would be but um prince uh mushkin i think is i think how you say his name he's um this russian guy who he's um a bastard i think he'd uh or no yeah it would be it when he's illegitimate an illegitimate kid um not a bastard well his dad died but he's illegitimate i don't know how that works specifically but (laughs) Um, and he's a little slow. He's called. He's is literally called an idiot. Is what in Russian yeah, no, they would that, call him an idiot. That makes sense. And um, but he comes back, and then it's just about him. Uh, and he comes back from Switzerland, where he was with a doctor. Um, nice. Being he was a patient, not training to be a doctor. Oh. And then all the stuff that happens with this woman. I can't remember her name. Um, because it's Russian. There's a lot of there's a lot of names in Russian novels. Yeah. But she uh. He falls in love with her, and then there's two women, and then he gets an inheritance, and then it's about these, this other guy, um, who uh, is married to the woman that uh, 
is kind of like a gold digger, but yeah. I'm not going to spoil everything, but it's a really good yeah. book. I like Dostoevsky <laughs> and um, it's a little longer and that's why I'm uh, listening to it on audio because I, two books reading, two, reading two physical books at once. Well, not at the same time, yeah. at the same time, not literally at the same time. I can't <laughs> do three. That's too much, man. It is a lot. I can't. I don't have time to. I can't split my time like that. Yeah. Um, I the third book I am reading is part of my uh yearly Tolkien read through. Yeah. Uh, which you guys all know about if you've been listening to this podcast. I do this every spring, summer, and fall. Basically, just read all of his works. Uh, I exclude a few of them every year and then reintroduce them like a year later. Kind of doing every other year type thing, just so I can fit in. Mm-hmm. all the books and kind of get them in when I need to. But I always read the core books, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, so Silmarillion, Unfinished Tales, I read. I read The Hobbit, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and then I always end with Tales from a Perilous Realm, even though that's not necessarily Middle Earth. Like, it's got some Middle Earth stuff in it, like The mm-hmm. Adventures of Tom Bombadil and stuff like that. But I just like reading it because it's like a good wind down of like Tolkien's like high epic fantasy. And then it's just kind of a nice wind down just to like some silly rhymes and poems. And Tom Bombadil, of course, is great. So reading yeah. some of that stuff and um, and fairy tales is basically what it's all about. And so it's just kind of a nice good wind down from the basically finishing the return of the king right before it. So, yeah, yeah, it's a nice wind down. So I'm reading the unfinished tales right now um it's taking me a lot longer this year to get through books just because if i've i don't know i i don't know what it is about this year but i've just kind of had less time i guess Mm -hmm. to read and when i do read it's like it's only in quick little um quick little bits so same with me man it's growing uh, up man so i've actually yeah it's just growing up man (laughs) i've actually started taking um because normally I would just read at home, but I've started taking my books to work now. And I get an hour for lunch. I don't often use the whole hour, but um, I I try and read during my lunch mm-hmm. uh, just to kind of stay off my phone and stay off the computer because I work in an office, so it's good to give my eyes a break. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so I read Unfinished Tales and Walden at work. I kind of go back and forth between them. Mm-hmm. And then at home is when I read the Anne of Green Gables series mm-hmm. or sometimes like I'll bring unfinished tales back home with me and I'll sometimes read a little bit of that if I'm really into the story and want to get it finished so I'm halfway done with unfinished tales usually I'd be done like middle of June but it's middle of July now <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah I'm, a, I'm about a month behind schedule but I've also kind of given myself some grace this year I'm like you know what I don't have a lot lot of time and you know just take it take it slow and read as much as i can when i can and if i don't read a lot then i don't read a lot you know yeah. Yeah, and that's so, all good yeah normally i'm a man of routine but yeah it's like kind of like this year it's like yeah i can let my routine go a little bit yeah it's not a big deal so yeah so those are books we're reading and uh we can talk about books we're going to be reading lord of the rings because yes. next next episode um, should be the fr- our starting of the deep dive into Lord, Lord of the Rings. Rings, similar to how we did with The Hobbit. Yes, that was a year ago. Mm-hmm. Long time ago. Long time ago. Long time ago. Long time ago. Yeah, but so yeah. Uh, we're going to be starting, obviously, with The Fellowship of the Rings. So if you guys would like to read along with us, we're just going to be going through, we're going to be going through, I think, two chapters at a time. Yeah. Um. So similar to what The Hobbit was, but just that way we can almost basically cover a chapter between each of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we'll do a deep dive through each of the chapters of The Fellowship of the Rings. So that'll give you guys two weeks basically to read each chapter in between when we're releasing episodes and recording. So yeah, read two chapters every two weeks. That shouldn't be super hard. Um, and uh, yeah. We're excited. I'm excited. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> if you're here, <laughs> yeah, you better love Lord of the Rings. You love it. <laughs> I wonder if there's anybody who likes like likes a Silmarillion in The Hobbit, but does not like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Okay, so uh, 
Have you been recording this whole time? Yeah. Okay. It just didn't look like it on your screen. Oh, let's look at it go. Oh, okay. I see. <laughs> look at it it go. was just, it was zoomed. It was zoomed out. There we go. Yeah. I was like, oh. Uh oh. Oh, gee. <laughs> uh, yeah. So thank you, everybody. Hopefully, that's a much shorter episode <laughs> than mm-hmm. the last episode. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. We'll see you guys next week with, don't forget to, or not next week, next time, don't forget to read the first two chapters of. Fellowship. Fellowship of the Rings. Okay, bye. Have fun.